Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Josh Wallen here with me here today. Josh, I appreciate you being with me. And we're going to be tucking every, everything from Josh became a millionaire by the age of 30. And he's been living the dream for 10 years. And he's got stories associated with that. He made a, a lot of his money in real estate investing. And he also does a lot of health optimization in order to provide mental clarity and, and all the additional benefits there. And we're probably going to delve into that a bit as well, because I really think that a lot of people who are in real estate investing, frankly, they put a lot of that stuff on the back burner <laughs> and, and we need to uh, treat it accordingly. So Josh, thank you for being with me here tonight. Jack, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and you nailed it. Um, I think a lot of us put it on the back burner and, um, I, I think it's it's time for people to start addressing this men and women. So hopefully I can help. Yeah. So uh, with that, I want to send everybody because I know that your websites have uh, probably a lot of great information. So for the fellas, head over to Blokes.io, and I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. And for the ladies, head over to Choose Joy, and that's J-O-I. And uh, you can find some more information about Josh and what he's working on. So um, with that, let's start a little bit with your real estate investing, Josh. Yeah. Uh, do you still hold a portfolio today? Yeah, well, we, um, we've shifted our portfolio. Um, at one point, we've had about 15 homes. Uh, we've always been focused on the residential side. We think we saw what is potentially a storm, and we started dumping most of our assets in the last you know year or so. But we've started to pivot a lot of our, of our real estate up to a really crazy, phenomenal big market called Aspen. Um, and then we got a couple other projects going on, larger commercial developments. And now we're moving to Nashville and which we just went under contract on a massive remodel uh, in the Green Hills area. So we're always going to be invested in real estate. It's a market that has treated us extremely well. Um, and we've had a lot of good luck and a lot of good fortune. Um, so yeah, we, we still do. Sure. So do you, it, with with this level of scaling, you obviously whether it's with your your health business as well as your real estate investing business, I'm always curious as the stories associated with building a team yeah. and uh, and regarding the scaling of that as well because I, I'm sure you've had to have a lot of help in order to get to this level. Yeah, on both sides of it, um, you know. I've been an entrepreneur in healthcare for the last 14 years. And, and a lot of your guests may have heard of one of the bigger companies that I used to work for called Stryker, big medical device company, uh, do a lot of orthopedic implants. So that's allowed me first and foremost, the opportunity to even think about real estate because it was such a big and tall mountain to climb at one point, especially in my mid twenties. Uh, but you know, through the healthcare side, it's always been about the team that surrounds you. It's always been about the team believing in the mission that I'm actually putting forth. And then the same thing with any real estate deal, whether it's your agent, whether it's your architect, whether it's your GC, whether it's your subcontractors, they all have to be on the same page as the project. And the better the team, the better the project. So, mm -hmm. 
So any lessons learned along the way in building those teams? Don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Be patient. Um, one thing that I've learned as a father now is just, just trusting the process and that it will all come together and that everything kind of takes its natural course, but just be patient and, 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 you know, make sure you're planning and you have a plan B and a plan C because things will get messed up. Um, and I think those are the things that I've learned the most. And if I was to give people advice, that's what I would tell them. Yeah. It's one of those things that I've always had a hard time doing is that, um, delegating tasks to individuals and then trusting that they they're going to get it done. And I'm trying not to be concerned about how they do it because it doesn't have to be done the exact same way. It just has to, we just have to see the results. Yeah, I agree. I, you can only do so much, right? You, you can't, you can't design the home. You can't, you know, draw the plans and do all the pouring of the foundation and, and, and manage the subcontracts, you have to lend a lot of trust. And I think the more important thing is, is investing in the people that are helping making those decisions and just ensuring you have the right people on board. So you, you've mentioned that a couple of times now investing in, in the people themselves, like what do you do in order to get them trained up and provide the necessary uh, information for them? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big believer in people owning their own training. Um, I'm a big believer big believer on me owning my own development, uh, but just giving people the right and necessary tools to make sure that they're making decisions when you're not around that are best for you and the company. And that, that goes the same thing when you're putting together a real estate team or anything that's revolving around healthcare, you, you got to do your deal, due diligence in the front end. And that means a lot of interviews, a lot of building rapport, be patient on that side as well. Um, and, and make sure that everything aligns reference wise. And I think if you can do that, you can start lending a lot of trust to the process. So if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self about your real estate investing, <laughs> like what are some of those lessons you've learned along the way that you would like to pass on to your younger self? Uh, invest earlier, a lot earlier. Know that every mountain is meant to be climbed. I remember when I was in my early twenties, I didn't, I was not very concerned as probably most 18, 19, 20 year olds about their credit score. Um, that was something I let kind of go to the wayside for what reason? I don't know. Uh, but you know, maybe, uh, maybe paying attention to that because one thing that is extremely important in any real estate deal is leverage and credit. And, uh, if I could go back to myself and slap myself at least 10 times and say, Hey, pay attention to that credit score. I, I would. And then just taking a chance. And, and, you know, I mean, look at what the market's done in the last 10, 15, 20 years when I could have been investing. Um, and it's just, it's treated me and my family well. So take the chance. Well, earlier you mentioned you, you, you're seeing signs of the in, environment and you caused you to decide to sell some of your portfolio. What are some of those signs that are making you make that change today? Well, I, I think, I think it's, there's a lot of different funnels. I think building costs are extremely high. Um, I think when you look at what we built over the last, you know, just my wife and I over the last four years, what that same product would cost now um, doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, obviously COVID has changed a lot of things. And, you know, some of it is just looking at, at the overall market and, and where wages are, um, where demand is, where supply is. A lot of it right now has just been gut instinct, um, just trusting that we're doing the right thing and not being too greedy. I, I, I've always said you don't have to make good great. And 
we've had a good run at everything we've done. Um, and I don't think there's going to be a major collapse, but, but, uh, I think there's going to be a correction at some point to some extent. And we just wanted to get ahead of that. And we wanted to reposition ourselves in markets that we really want to be in as individuals, uh, to go visit those projects. Um, and, and just, we saw a, a different, uh, opportunity. So we're still, we're still in the mix, but, um, you know, I think a lot of it was just a lot of different things that, that all came together that made us make that decision. Yard or we did. Uh, you know, we were we were heavily aligned um, up and down uh, the the corridor between Denver to Colorado Springs initially, and then and then we got into a big market like Aspen. And uh, you know, I think now we're going to be positioned primarily in Nashville, very up and coming market. Um, the secret's definitely out, and it's been out for a while. And then you know, we're going to play with the big boys a little bit in Aspen and see how we do. Right. So with with all of that, you know, you have your health business. Which came first, your health business or or the real estate investing? Uh, health by far. Um, you know, like I said, I've been I've been in the healthcare business for you know almost fifteen years, fourteen years to be exact, somewhere in between there. Um, and I've had good fortune and good luck to work for a, a very reputable med device firm right out of the gates that allowed me a lot of success. And then about four years into that process, I, I decided I wanted to see if the grass was greener. And I became an entrepreneur in that space, ranging from owning and operating laboratories, pharmacies, uh, med device distributorships to regenerative medicine clinics. And now we're on to this next venture of optimization for, for all humans. Well, talk a little bit about that. Like, I know, you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, I think a lot of us do a, a lot for our mental state in the fact that we're consuming a lot of podcasts, we're reading a lot of audio books, we, we might be reading just a lot of books in general. But uh, talk about some of the benefits associated with your health and your mental state. Um, I think it's paramount. And, and if your mental health is not aligned with your physical health or vice versa, then what do we have? I mean, everybody's heard the saying, health is wealth. And I think we're really starting to realize that. Um, my journey was unique and, and, and I tell this to a lot of different people because I think it's relatable and I think it's something that's not really talked upon, but in my mid thirties, my wife and I, we had a ton of fertility struggles and a lot of guys are not told during that, those, those struggles or, or when, even when a woman is conceiving that the man's hormones can change just as much, uh, with that being testosterone, estrogen, and my testosterone levels dropped and, uh, I was really in a hole. And I didn't know why. And my wife was the first person to say, hey, listen, you don't get your stuff together. You're out of the house. And uh, I went and saw a doctor and got my hormones checked. And it was a little bit of an arduous process. And then I figured out there was a business side to this and, and as an entrepreneur in healthcare. But, you know, back to your question, everything goes hand in hand. I believe that hormones are, are the most important messengers in our body that help us make decisions, that help us manage stress, uh, that help us, you know, control our cravings. Um, just so many important things. Well, can you talk a little bit about some of the strategies then to, to you know, it, it seems like in the business world, at least in real estate investing, and I, I keep pushing the concept that we have a tendency as humans to react to pain instead of working towards some sort of pleasure, unless you can establish your why to the point that it's going to be driving you. Like what, what in this situation, like how do you keep people on board regarding a diet and exercise type program? 
Yeah, it's 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 challenging. We say that the most successful patients that we have are the ones that are willing to make change. Um, and that that has nothing to do with shape or what they've been through or what they're you really got to be committed to the process. What we do is we provide that extra shot in the arm, per se, or that nudge to get you to the finish line quicker. And everything we do is about optimization. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an investor in any sort, including real estate, you, you're probably running a very high stress level. And that's that's a hormone called cortisol. And cortisol is an antagonist to, to most of all of our good hormones in men, testosterone, and, and in women. Um, and if you're not managing that effectively, it's going to affect your recovery, your sleep, your performance during the day. I mean, you want energy in the day. You want mental clarity to make the right decisions. And I know for a fact with what we do, that's, that's stuff we can provide on a daily basis. And I think once you get in our program, it allows you the opportunity to stay because you're getting to your goals quicker. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you're not willing to make the change, we can only do so much to get you to that goal. It's it's one of those things I, I, I've talked about this before as well as the concept that, you know, we, uh, part of my business, we talk to a lot of distressed owners and we can't really ever convince somebody to sell us their home. They have to kind of make that choice themselves. Yeah. You know, then um, the situation just becomes way easier. You know, uh, looking at some of the information regarding what you do, um, what one of the things that I'm curious about is that a lot of what, what you do to get people optimized, is it a lot of natural approaches? Is it a lot of yeah. um, supplemental approaches or is it a combination of all of the above? A uh, combination of the above. Um, if you look at our one of our core things is hormone replacement. And, and for men, that primarily means testosterone. Um, and if you look at women, that can mean a slew of things. It can be testosterone, progesterone, estrogen. Everything that we do is bioidentical, meaning it is it is designed and matched for the human body. Um, so it is it is natural in that sense that once it gets in your body, your body produces more of that. And then we do these things called prescription peptides. Prescription or peptides are flowing through our body naturally. Scientists think we have somewhere around 7,000. And they're short chain of amino acids that do specific functions really well. And I'm, I'm, and I'm talking ranges from weight loss, hair loss, sexual improvement, mental clarity, helping with mental fog, all those things. Um, and what we're doing there in a natural sense is we're providing, call it the boost or the medication that stimulates more of those natural peptides within the body. So I, I look at it as, as, as organic as it gets. We're not trying to throw something over a symptom. We're trying to improve the body's functioning ability to, to get rid of those symptoms. You know, I, I, I'm, I, every time I talk to somebody regarding this kind of topic, I always picture, I, I saw, I don't know if it was a far side comic, but it sure looked like that at one time where it was a natural path firefighter trying to put out a blaze with a dropper. <laughs> and, and I, I just found that really comical. I just w wonder if you could kind of give us a little, some suggestions on what people really need to do before they consider some of the, some of the other options you, you already talked about, you alluded to supplementation, but yep. what are some of those things that, what are the buckets of water we need to be throwing on the fire first? Yeah, that's a good analogy. Um, 
and, and I would definitely say we we are the hose if there's a firefighter um, with a lot of water. Uh, but before that, there's so many different things. We know that what we put in our bodies on a regular basis, drinking, eating, and consumption can completely alter our hormones. So managing what is going to in and out of your body, whether it's healthy foods, whole foods, or caloric intake, those are things that you should be cognizant of. Be, be aware of your environmental factors. And, and I look at this in kind of two buckets, what you can control and what you can't control. What you can't control is, you know, direct micro stress. You can't control the macro version of the whole world or you turn on the news channel. That's hard, but you can shut it down. Um, and then there's the other side, the physical side. We know that plastics um, can really, really change a man and woman's hormones. Um, it's proven that it lowers men's testosterone substantially. You know, and then there's other things just like what's around you, chemicals, eat organic. That's a very important thing. And then other things that you can control on a very micro level is where this train is one of the most important things that a man and a woman can do to keep their hormones in check and, and to optimize before that natural process starts to happen. One of the things that I've always, you know, this may be just a personal struggle. I actually stayed on the concept of keto for like a solid sure. year. Like it, I managed to pull it off for a whole 365, but I still fell off the wagon. Like, what do you have? What are some of the tricks or strategies that you've found to keep people on track, or at least when they do veer off, they can they can find their path again? I will tell you, um, and, and we see this a lot. Find find a diet, find a plan that matches your lifestyle. You're gonna cheat. Everybody cheats. Keto is not an easy one to maintain. It's a great one when you're on it. It's a great one when you're doing it on a repetitive basis. We often see a lot of people get off it and they gain all the weight right back. Um, so I think I think first and foremost, do your research on where you're going. I'm still a believer on whole foods, you know, as whole as possible, making sure that you're cutting your vegetables and putting them in your meat. Make sure you're you're having a lot of protein. Um, and, and that doesn't mean you have to, you know, spend a lot of money in those categories. Just make sure you're getting the right stuff. I, I think there's a whole combination, but choosing the right plan for you. And, it, and if, if it's not a plan, making sure you're getting the right foods, managing your caloric intake and, you know, working out and, and getting rest and getting recovered. People don't realize how important sleep is. And we've all been there when we've gone into the next day with horrible sleep and we know how that feels, but all that diet all that working out, all those lifestyle choices play an impact in how you're recovering and how you're sleeping. So, you know, you've, you've mentioned uh, exercise a couple times. Do you have a preference associated with exercise? Is it cardiac versus weight versus yeah. like what, what are your, what's your approach there? I, I think men and women alike should be doing a substantial amount of resistance training. Um, and, and a lot of that comes with free weights. Um, we're seeing now that, you know, when you do long endurance type performance, marathons, triathlons, that your hormones are actually sometimes declining in that state. Um, when you shock the body, so higher, high impact interval training, those are things that, that are really good for the body because your body's kind of confused at what the heck's going on and your hormones respond really well to that. So 
if, it, if it's me, I suggest uh, as much weight training uh, as possible. You want good muscular growth. You want good bone growth. Um, and, and you see that as we start to age, those are things that you start to lose. But if you can do it often and consistently, at least, you know, two to three times a week, um, and then do your endurance type stuff, um, I think that's a good combination. You mentioned shocking the body. Is that why some people have so much success with fasting? Yeah, it is. And and then now you're starting to see this big, big push into hot and cold therapy. Um, you know, guys jumping in ice baths and getting into the sauna. And those are all great things for for hormones. And 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 there's actually an exercise hormone that it stimulates in that process. So um, that's all good for just everyday life. So I'm going to twist this a little bit back to, to the business now with everything you know about the healthcare business, what kind of lessons were you able to take from that business to your real estate investing or vice versa? Well, I mean, if anything, it's the stamina. Um, it's the energy level. It's the appetite to want to keep taking deals on. Um, we've all, I mean, I just went through a, uh, a contract negotiation, you know, two days ago on a home in, in Nashville and uh, I'm ready for more. I, I mean, I, I we know that hormones play such a, a major role in the in the receptors of your brain um, that it, it for me it's allowed me just to do my job better and to take on more things. Um, you know, even even just family taking on more activities with my kids um, to taking on more business initiatives. Mm-hmm. So this is just really interesting. And if the people uh, wanted to follow along again, I'm going to point them to uh, Josh's website. So go to or choose joy.co and that's J O. And like I said, I'll make sure that those are clickable links in the show notes, Josh, I'm probably missing quite a bit of stuff, especially on the, on the healthcare side of things, but is there anything, you know, you've, you've mentioned sleep, you've mentioned exercise and you mentioned this hormone, therapy that you do yep. um, outside of that is there anything that people could be doing like today that are like low-hanging fruit if you will some tips that they could incorporate today after hearing this that yep. uh, could make a big Im- change there to their outlook yeah absolutely i mean i think you we, we dove on those other things I, I think one thing that is extremely important uh well there's two things one everybody should be getting baseline knowledge of where they're at today. And that means baseline labs. And and you may or may not get this from your standard physician, but you should be running things that measure heart health, um, infl- inflammatory markers, hormone health, thyroid health, things that you, you know at, at some point are going to be measured. So I tell everybody, regardless of whether you're going to go down one of these paths with any one of these therapies, start getting baseline labs that are comprehensive enough for you to look back and make adjustments or make, you know, maybe long-term or life, life-term decision. And then you know, we, you talked about this earlier. Uh, there's so much noise in every space anymore. Real estate, healthcare, you got social media. You're just getting flooded with information. Mm-hmm. I think you, as a patient anymore, um, as a real estate investor, you have to own that that aspect of of making the right decisions and do your own diligence. I tell everybody that comes to us as a patient, own that journey. You have to own that journey. And that means maybe you're seeing two or three different people asking the same questions and just making a gut decision based off of that. But the more you can do that, the the more informed you're going to be as as any investor, as any healthcare uh, biohacker, um, and you're just going to be better off. 
Well, what kind of questions should they be asking themselves and and their trainers to make sure it's the right fit? Well, I think, I think if, if you're sitting down with a physician, um, especially when you start getting past your 30s, because we know that men and women, their biology just changes. And that that's that's regardless of our environment. That's regardless of what we do. If somebody is trying to throw a pill at your problem right out of the gates with asking you symptom-based questions, then something is wrong. Um, and, and I think one thing that happened to me is we get this white coat mentality and that's the physician or the PA or the nurse practitioner. Be honest, be absolutely honest about your system uh, and what's going on um, and, and and ask the right questions. Do research before you're getting in there. In our case, you know, hormone optimization at minimum, they should be looking at the patient, not the labs um, and, and, and treating based off of symptoms as much as they are labs. So, um, every, everything is going to be a little bit different in terms of what you're trying to get or achieve. Um, but it kind of comes back to owning their own training. Um, yeah. Owning your own, own journey. You know, you mentioned symptoms. I think what's interesting there too, is that sometimes these symptoms, they develop so slowly over time that people get used to them and they don't even realize that something is wrong. Yeah, it's. I, I give this analogy all the time. It's it's like snoring. Um, the person who's snoring is actually not the one who's suffering. It's the other person in the bed. Um, and, and it's the same thing with this. Some of this stuff is acute, and you know it right away, like an injury, um, or maybe you had some autoimmune issue that popped up and it's changed your whole life. Uh, some of it's chronic. Um, and, and in my case, it was chronic. We had fertility struggles for many, many years. Um, and and it, it took a while to set in. And when that starts happening, it's hard to notice and it's hard to adjust. And sometimes the first people to see it are your partners that are around you. Mm-hmm. Well, could you give us an example of one of your patients where they were able to turn their health around and, and in turn, then they saw huge improvements in their business? Yeah, you know, I, I'll go to my one of my architects. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he got on hormone replacement. Um, he got on a, a therapy called semaglutide. It's a GLP-1 agonist uh, designed for weight loss. It's an FDA-approved medication. Um, he lost 50 pounds in six months without really struggling. And, you know, I get, I get these random texts, and it's probably the best part of my day from People I know, patients that we, we've come in contact with where it's just, man, I, I've never felt better. I've never been more driven. I've never had more clarity. I want to work more. I want, I'm able to focus more. I'm able to you know, spend more time with my family when I'm around, and I'm able to focus at work when I'm there. Um, so that's one. And then you know, we, we have a, a rock star patient. Um, her name's Jessica. Uh, that's done some testimonials for us who's lost about 80 pounds. Um, in about eight months. Um, and it's absolutely changed her life. I will tell you, not only has it helped her in her career, but it's helped her be more active in her community. It's helped her be more active in the gym that just drives it's to me, it's kind of a circle of life. If one of those are probably off, then the other one is as well. Um, and we just have, I mean, I, we have so many countless stories like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's an amazing position for me to be in, to know that I'm part of that process and, and helping contribute to changing people's lives. You know, the reason I ask that, that type of scenario is that, you know, and I, I mentioned I was on keto for a good year and I know how good I, I felt. In fact, that was like the one year where I didn't have to take an allergy pill. Like my allergies completely disappeared. I, I couldn't believe how good I felt. But yet, it wasn't enough for me to just stay on it. 
Like yeah. I, 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 the, the mindset there or, or the motivation, it's so easy to just fall back into old habits. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, I, I touched on this earlier. I think what we provide is that edge to stay focused, to stay committed to that process. I, I, I said it earlier. I think keto is a hard diet to maintain, especially if you're, if you go out and you're active and, and let's say you want to have a couple of drinks here and there, like most people do. Um, I think it's a hard one, but I think uh, one of the things that, that we do is we help give that edge to, to be able to control those cravings. Um, the semaglutide I talked on earlier, it's, it's on a global shortage. It's working so well. Um, and that's, you know, beyond us, but what it does is it controls your appetite and it controls your cravings by slowing down that digestive tract. Um, and, and it, everybody's been there. You know, the hardest thing about a diet, any diet is that piece is, is the mental piece to stick with it. And what happens over time is your stomach starts to literally shrink and, and there's cells in your brain that are, are feeling that, uh, and seeing that, and, and it helps you control your cravings. Well, uh, just remind everybody one more time, blokes and choose, but Josh, um, I really appreciated this mo- this time with you here tonight, but before I let you go, I do have a few quick Rapid fire questions for you if if you'd like to give them a try. Let's rock and roll. You know, this is a real estate investing podcast. I know we spent a lot of time on healthcare tonight, but I do want you to bust a real estate investing myth that has been driving you crazy. Jeez. You know, there's a guy by the name of Grant Cardone that everybody follows who um I I really strongly disagree with one philosophy of his, and that's not owning your own real estate, meaning that you're living in that possession. I strongly disagree with that. And I know that's a massive message that is going on because I look back at a lot of my personal assets that I actually lived in that then became rental properties. But, you know, we've been in a bull market for a long time, especially since that collapse. And um, not only was I living rent-free at the end of the day, I made a substantial amount of money by making that choice. So um, that's one that seems to be taking a lot of steam. And I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Sure. Well, this one is going to be interesting. I, I typically get real estate investing type of books, but I want you to give me a book that you should everybody should check out. You know, if you're interested in optimization, there's uh, one called Peptide Protocols. Um, Peptides are something we don't know a lot about in in the general public. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in real estate, if you're any human, um, I think it's a a worthy read because it will tell you the power of optimization and eating healthy and the power of peptides. Uh, It's by a guy by the name of William Seeds. Um, I reference it probably weekly in, in terms of our business, but I think it will really help shape, shape, some, shape some decisions when it, when you choose these therapies. What is the biggest business mistake you've made and what did you learn from it? I made a lot of mistakes in business. I think if I made the biggest mistake, it was not going sooner on a lot of different things, waiting around to overthink the idea. I think we can talk ourselves out of a lot of different things in life. And I think business is pretty goes is right up there in those decisions. Um, and I think if there was anything, it was not making decisions earlier and, and not having the perfect plan to, to, to move forward. And what is the best piece of business advice you've ever received? I think there's a lot of different things. I think one of the things that sticks with me the most is being intentional. Um, and that's in life too. Once again, I think business and life go hand in hand, but be intentional about everything you do. And, you know, I, I like the uh, Braveheart 
quote or line where they're, they're about to go to battle and the guys are all scared and they said, well, we didn't get dressed up for nothing, you know? And, and I think it's the same thing in, in, in business and life, be intentional about everything you do. Well, Josh, this was, this is a great conversation. I hope you'll come back again sometime. Again, it's blokes and choose joy.co. And I'll make sure to have those links in the show notes and make them clickable. But giving you the last word, Josh, is there uh, any questions or concepts you wished I would have asked here today? Uh, I don't think so. You know, I, I I would love to know your opinion on the biggest real real, real estate uh, fallacy. If there was a question I would like to know, that would be it. Oh well, it's it's there's a there's a few of them, and I've gotten on my soapbox a number of times. But uh, again, it's the concept of it being easy. And it being getting rich quick. Like, uh, I don't think, I think people are misunderstanding the concept of the amount of work that's actually involved if you want to be successful in it. It is, it is a slow game and it is a game that pays off. Um, and, uh, I, I find that if, if you, if you're risk adverse, you typically don't get into it that much, but I couldn't agree more with you there. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it again, Josh. Uh, like I said, you're welcome back, and uh, I hope Thank you'll you. take me up on that offer. You got it, buddy. Thank you so much. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.